And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This week, episode number 30. That's right, we have reached 30, which is amazing. Um, when I started this 30 weeks ago, um, I can't say I would have imagined getting to week 5, let alone to week 30. So I'm really excited about the week number 30, really excited about this week's uh, conversation. And this week, the portion of Emor. And our focus this week is on the subject of vulnerability. It initially had uh, designs to speak about the concepts of joy, but in realizing and reading more, and over the last couple of days, I realized that before we can talk about joy, perhaps we need to talk about uh, an aspect of life that leads to joy in reality, which is our own vulnerability, which I know for a lot of us is a, an uncomfortable subject, to say the least. And in a lot of the reading and listening to uh, presentations on the subject, the, let's say, the world expert on the subject, the person that people turn to on the subject of vulnerability, it's Dr. Brene Brown and the variety of workshops and books and lectures and presentations and articles that she has uh, given and shared over the years on that subject and on many other subjects relating to emotions similar to vulnerability. The vulnerability is super important. And the way it sort of shows itself in this week's uh, Bible reading, in this week's Torah reading, in the section of Emor, is really in two ways. One, in one verse where it simply just describes in the course of listing out the different holidays that w- when we are gleaning from our fields and collecting all that has grown in our fields, we should leave some over for the poor. And so we should be mindful and aware of the financially vulnerable peoples in our populations. No other way to explain that. It's a really interesting verse, really worthy of a much larger conversation, really important because it does go to the heart of one of the ways in which we actually bring joy into our holidays is by adding and sharing and connecting with the financially vulnerable in our communities, the poor, the destitute, the people who are in need of charity. Obviously, in other ways in which we celebrate, and many of the commentaries and the uh, Jewish law decisors have added in the notion that at every celebration of every holiday, we should have those who are challenged financially, um, communally, people who are disadvantaged should appear at our tables. The Bible is replete with multiple instances of discussions about the people who are in tough circumstances. Often it is described that the stranger among us is to be loved and to be treated with great respect and dignity and counted among us. And so the Bible talks a lot about people who are disadvantaged. And there are different vulnerabilities that come out. And really the focus that I wanted to share, because I'm always partial to narrative, is at the end of the reading of Emor, at the end of this week's reading, is that enigmatic story of what's known as the blasphemer. He who curses the name of God. And without going into great depth and discussion and conversation about that story, because it's a fascinating story and there are a whole host of ways to really explain that and to delve deeper into it, simply for the moment, focus on the predicament this person finds himself in when that story comes about in the text and how that plays out. And can we connect 
with that person in that moment when that story begins in verse number 10 in the 24th chapter of Leviticus. That person is disadvantaged. In a community that is built around a lot of commandments, a lot of compassion for the different kinds of people, commandments that relate to those kinds of people, in a community that is now defining itself and finding itself in the desert there, that it's setting itself up and organizing itself for the move into the land of Israel, into the land of Canaan, we find someone who falls through the cracks. It's a person who comes from a difficult family circumstance. It's not a typical parent situation. One parent, a member of the tribe, a member of the people of Israel, one parent not. It's a person who has no place, who has no home, who has no tribe, who is not welcome, who, according to some of the different exegetical literatures, the Midrashim, is trying to plant his flag, literally, among the tribe of his mother. And they're not letting. And he's taken to court, and he goes to court with the expectation that the court will have compassion and pity on him, and he will find a place, and he loses in the court. And he has no place to go. And so when he leaves the court, he is bereft, and he is at a loss, and he is exposed, and he is crushed, and he is open, and he is wounded. And there's no one for him. And so irrespective of what happens next, and that he curses the name of God, and that he is thrown into prison, and that he is punished for what he has done, can we sense where he is in those two verses? Can we connect to the emotional space that that person exists in, even if we're not there? Can we be empathic for that person? Can we appreciate that sense of disadvantage and vulnerability that's there? Because the truth is, his vulnerability is exposed. His vulnerability is something that everyone can see. His vulnerability is on his sleeve. He is wholly, completely, absolutely vulnerable in that moment. And truth be told, we all really are. But the reality of what we try to do is that we try to, as the literature says, we try to perfect everything. We try to put everything into clean and neat boxes so that we are not vulnerable. We try to make everything certain and obvious and objective. Even things that we believe, which things are faith and things of belief in our systems of faith, we very much try to put them in boxes and make them clear, leave the fine lines, because we don't like that ambiguity. We don't like to feel vulnerable. We pretend that the things that we do have no impact on others. We think and we forget about the things that we do and the impact that they have on other people because when we then think about them, we're vulnerable. 
But the reality of it is that at the heart of all the other things that the Bible describes in our will and our desire and our want to be joyous and happy and content with life when we celebrate all the holidays, is at the heart of that joy, at the heart of all of our creativity, is a very powerful and palpable sense of being vulnerable. When a person puts out a new idea, puts out a new product, when a person wants to dance publicly and celebrate something great, they're being vulnerable. They're putting it out there at great risk, at great exposure to the elements, to the people that are around them. And so vulnerability is really at the core of so much of who we are, and we try to numb ourselves to it. We numb ourselves to so many things, and because we numb ourselves to so many things, so many of the problems and the issues, the difficulties that we face in life, because we don't want to face that vulnerability. I struggle with it. I know we all struggle with it. That's why I'm talking about it, because part of what we try to do with coaching with the Bible, part of what we try to do with coaching is to get into the uncomfortable space so that we can ultimately come out of the other side of the discomfort and find our place of growth from that discomfort. And so it's really important that we sort of sit in that space on the vulnerability aspects. Dr. Brown, in her book, Dare to Lead, and in her other works, Daring Greatly, phenomenal things to read, and her presentations and her talks on this subject, again, on subjects that we are not comfortable speaking about and talking about and going deep on, that emotional side, the idea that vulnerability, we believe that vulnerability is weakness, when in fact vulnerability is strength, and being vulnerable is at the heart of being courageous, and it's at the heart of being a great leader, talks about the idea that we have to be willing to be vulnerable to get to the other side of these things, to really have a life of joy and to have a life of celebration, of happiness. We really need to get to our vulnerable side and really begin to expose it and to delve into it and understand it and appreciate it. And part of that is what she describes. It's a very, what would theory sounds like a very basic structure to vulnerability is really letting ourselves be seen. Being wholly ourselves in every moment means we're being exposed in all those moments and we're being vulnerable in all those moments. And to really try to love wholeheartedly, again, a very hard thing for us to do, even when there's no guarantee on the other side. Those of us who are listeners who are parents, then we know what that means to love wholeheartedly, to love our children wholeheartedly, with no guarantee of a sense of return from that. The third one and the fourth one, let's talk about the fourth one, which is the notion that we are enough and that when we believe that we are enough, we can do so much more and we're less beholden to other people and to other things and to the way in which the world categorizes us or characterizes us, that we are enough, that I am enough, that I've accomplished enough, that I do enough, that I am good enough as at the heart of our willingness to engage our vulnerability and to, again, be stronger and more courageous on the other side of that. And the last one is the continuous practice of gratitude and joy, that when we continue to practice and lean into our practice of gratitude and joy on a daily, daily basis, then ultimately the other side of what we're trying to do is to get to places of joy and to get to places of uh, creativity and happiness and contentment with life 
really to practice that on an in and out basis. So that's on the personal side, sort of a longer discussion normally than we usually do on these, on these, on, on these presentations. But to really sort of understand and appreciate where we are in our, on the vulnerability scale, what we do to avoid being vulnerable, what we can do for ourselves to lean into that vulnerability so that we can be, that we can live a much more joyous, a much more fulfilled, a much more wholehearted life. And rather than that, to, what we normally do is armor up, where we sort of close in and we do the other things that we mentioned earlier and that we, we put on all kinds of armor. Um, I, certainly the case, and this I haven't seen yet in her, in her literature, but in others I have seen, which is the idea that in the last year, with all the things that have gone on in the world, where in some cases people would, you know, armor up at work and then come home and take their armor off once they entered into their homes, leave it in the car, in the driveway before they walked in to the house. Now for many people where there are no distinctions between the place where they work and the place where they live, then the armor is up all the time which makes getting connected and being connected and being emotional and to really have that deep-seated relationship and the desired relationships that we want with our spouses and our children, we always have armor on. So everything is repelled and everything is pushed away and we can't connect and we can't get there and we can't go deep with the people we want to be deep with. And so we avoid all kinds of things and we're certainly avoiding the vulnerability we armor up. And so we can do a lot to really deep, to sort of delve in. We can do a lot to be empathic for the person who is exceptionally uh, vulnerable, like the person in our, in, our, in our story, in the reading in the Torah today. And then also in our workplaces, we can create environments of, uh, of, of comfort, of, of openness to the space where people can be vulnerable by, obviously, what we always talk about, the idea of leading it and showing it by example and not oversharing. It doesn't mean that every time you have an emotion as a leader, you should share with your team. That's not what I mean. And that's certainly not what uh, Dr. Brown uh, writes about in her books. That's too much. But there are moments when it's important for the leader to share, to acknowledge their own feelings when things are hard, when things are difficult, when things are good, and to check in with those feelings and those emotions and then to share some of that at the right moments with the team. And when other people share that and they're being vulnerable because you've created a really good emotional, psychological space with your team that people can be open about some of these difficult spaces when typically speaking, people turn that stuff off when they go to work in a lot of occasions. I am certainly guilty of that in many situations. Turning that off, turning that spigot off to the emotional side of it. But to ask the right questions to obviously pay attention and to listen to the team and to the team members when they're sharing on this that are sparking the deeper conversation to get to where you need to get to with these people, not just because you want to help them perform better at work because you want them to help perform better in life. And then lastly there, to make the changes based on what's being heard, to listen to the people, to ask all the questions, to acknowledge where they are, and then to do nothing about it, is to corrupt what you've tried to accomplish and defile what it is that people have shared. So vulnerability is really important because we armor up and because we don't trust and because we don't share, we create environments that don't succeed at the highest levels. Because we lack the communication in those spaces where people are, 
we are unable to get to where we need to get to. And because we don't acknowledge that at the heart of a lot of these difficulties is a person who is avoiding their emotions, a person who is hiding, a person who is armored up, a person who is not aware or willing to go deep on their emotional side, we can't lead the teams and the people that we want to the degree that we want in the way that we want to succeed to the level that we want, not just for the business or the project, but for the peoples themselves, the people themselves. And so what we are able to glean from a very enigmatic story and a very powerful story with some very hard lessons attached to it, many of which we didn't even go near, is that the Bible is full of these commandments and exhortations and verses and ideas about the vulnerable. The most part, for the most part, it's people who are financially and communally disadvantaged, which is a version of vulnerability. And we've taken that and we've expanded it to really have a fuller conversation and only just touched the surface on the concept of being vulnerable and vulnerability in general for each and every one of us. On the other side of that, and when we have another opportunity, we'll talk on a deeper sense about the concepts of joy and where joy fits in and how we need to be more joyous in our moments. All those of you who are celebrating, have a Shabbat Shalom. Everyone else, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay happy.